Hi there and welcome to this week's weekly Jersnet podcast. Hi there and welcome to the latest edition of the weekly Jersnet podcast hosted by myself, Colin Armstrong. It has finally started the season this year, proper fashion. We've had the Euro games before, but today it started uh, on the domestic front. Disappointing day up at Aberdeen. We'll go through all the talking points there. A really, really frustrating day. We'll have a look back at the Ozzyjet game through the week there. We managed to get through. We'll have a wee sort of tweak at the, the Maribor game as well. And finally, we'll look at the, the St. Mun game at Ibrox next week and a wee chat about maybe some of the ins and outs. There was talk before we came live on air that Rangers are in for Barisic at Ozijek. So we'll have a wee discussion about that and the Lafferty thing continues to sort of gain a bit of momentum. And there's also talk of Greg Dockery going to Shrewsbury. So all that to come in a, a, a packed show. Joining me tonight to talk about these things is the gaffer, Stuart Franklin. How are we doing, Stuart? I am very well, thank you, Colin. Apart from today's result, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, it was quite frustrating when it we'd done so well, and then just just to lose it at the end there was really, really frustrating. Absolutely. Uh, and also joining us tonight, we have another deputant. Stuart's like Stevie Gerrard with his new signings at the moment. It's a, it's a new one every week. Uh, we've got Lewis McMillan. How are you, Lewis? I'm very well, thank you. It's great to be here. It's it's great to have you. You looking forward to your debut? I certainly am. I hope I have as a successful debut as some of our signings from Stephen Gerrard. Yeah, well, we'll see. We kind of get as much get away with as much when the gaffer's here. It's, it's usually better when he's not here, but he's here tonight, so we'll have to behave. Uh, so we'll get straight into it. We'll get into the Aberdeen game. Obviously, really, I, I can't emphasise how frustrated I was today, uh, just to, to lose it in the manner that we did. I don't know where six minutes came from as well, the, the injury time. No doubt we'll, we'll cover that. Stuart, I'll come to you first. Hey, what were your thoughts on the overall performance today? Well, I think we, we played pretty well. I think uh, we didn't really do too much wrong in the game. Um, obviously, the, the officials played their part, unfortunately, so we had to play the 86 minutes, um, including the six minutes injury time, just with, with 10 men. Um, and for the vast majority of that time, we, we did absolutely fine. And I don't think Aberdeen really ever looked like scoring. One or two sort of half chances uh, from wide areas. Um, and then they get the break of the ball in the last few minutes of injury time and unfortunately the, the guy takes it pretty well to be fair and it's and it's one all so it's a bit disappointing well it's very disappointing but um, I think after the, the sort of first 10 minutes after Morelos had been sent off I think we would have probably taken a draw at that point Yeah, hard to disagree with this I think the most frustrating thing for me today was the fact that they only had one shot at target and scored from it you know and that, that's really what that sort of stung, you know. Obviously, there was a referee the sending off. We'll come on to discuss that, but having played so well, and you know, Aberdeen looked really, really ordinary today. And just the way we lost, it was just was just really, really disappointing. Lewis, I'll come over to you. Obviously, it was Stephen Gerrard's first domestic game in charge. At Rangers, what did you make of his his lineup today? His team selection. I thought he he kind of went with the more British type players. You know, maybe players that knew the fixture. Yep, I think it was interesting to see that he left out Kent and Azaria because I thought they, they really came on to a game uh, in midweek. So it was interesting to see that he left them out. And I have to agree, I, I feel he went with more of experience in the middle of the park as well with uh, the likes of Jack, Arfield, and even Koulibaly to the extent it was a bit more of a, 
it sounds crazy experienced, but he's a bit more of a defensive minded, uh, wouldn't be phased. He's not playing youth football. He's played some top matches over in, uh, in France. So yeah, I think he went with experience. And I think, I think he made the right selection because we started bright and, uh, we were we seemed to be the only team that were actually looking to to do something for the majority of the game, even with ten men. Yeah, I mean, I thought the first ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, I must admit, I did raise a, a wee eyebrow when I saw when I saw Windus back in the side, and even and even Murphy. You know, I, I I thought they'd maybe fell out of contention a wee bit, and so for them to come in, I was a wee bit surprised. But you would have to argue that he had got it right because we we started very very well. I, I mean, I thought even when for the whole game, you know take the 10 men and 11 men out of the equation for the whole game today I thought Aberdeen were bang average a really really poor side uh, and yeah I, w- I would agree I think I think Stevie G probably got it right sure we'll come on to the main talking point uh, and it's it's one that's I've had, had a wee look on Twitter today and it's you know it's causing a lot of controversy the sending off you know, personally my, my feeling is the minute anyone when they're talking about a sending off, says, aye, but by the letter of the law, they're they're almost like instantly trying to make an excuse for it. I thought it was a really, really bad decision, an appalling decision, in fact. Uh, And it it follows on from some really poor ones last season as well. What what was your thoughts on Morelos getting sent off? I think really frustrated, Um, first and foremost, with the the officials. Uh, Like you, I think it was pretty soft. Um, the Aberdeen defender McKenna I think it was had two bites at Morelos they pushed him twice the second time was really quite aggressive so it's difficult not to have a bit of sympathy with the Colombian Um, but that frustration does go to Alfredo as well unfortunately because you cannot kick out like that I mean he should know he's played a season here now if there is an issue with the officials in our club then they're going to take any opportunity to make the most of that and somebody kicking somebody else off the ball is is they'll, they'll give a red card. Um was it a red card? I'm not so sure. It was it it's very soft. It's he's had a nibble at him. He's had a kick back. It's I think if you gave red cards for that then you would be given red cards all season. I mean later in the the first half or the, I think it's the first half, uh, Mackay Stephen threw the ball at our player and nothing was even said. So if you want something in comparison in terms of the violence, uh, the scale of violence, that was a bit as violent as, as Morelos having a, a kick and not even connecting. But as I say, Morelos should know better. He, he did the same during the week. He stood on the guy, he pretended to never, and he gave a, a look of uh, innocence, but he did stand on the guy's foot and he needs to stop doing it. He needs to cut it out. I think Gerard was annoyed with him over in Scoopy when he got um, yellow carded in, in the last 10 minutes when he started to to rise to the, the bait there. So at some point, the lad's going to have to learn. You, you can't do it. Well, that's the point. I was I was just about to, to come on. But one one thing I would say, and this is sort of based on my own experience, is sort of playing amateur football. I used to get really frustrated playing striker when I was on the receiving end and stuff like that. Yeah, if I retaliated, I was the one getting booked. You know, and, and as you pointed out, the second one, is it McKenna that made the, the, the tackle? On Manelos. Yeah, it was. It was a yeah. bad true. So the second, the second one's pretty bad. You know, so I don't understand what's what's the difference between barging into someone like that and kicking out. How how is one deemed as right? That's a red card. Another one's deemed off. 
well, that's part of the game, and he needs to learn how to deal with that. There isn't any difference, Colin. It's as simple as that. It, it was violent conduct with Aberdeen player, and fair enough, maybe the uh, the linesman didn't, didn't see it. So I'll expect uh, McKenna to be cited uh, by the the compliant, I'll use that word deliberately, the compliant uh, officer uh, during the week because it's, it was just as aggressive as, as Morelos. Um, it was off the ball and there was absolutely no need for it. And I think there was some karma uh, later um, when McKenna went off injured. Well, I mean, one thing, I, th- I think the linesman did see it. I, l- I looked at the replay and I think he did see it. Uh, but, you know, we'll find out what happens. If, if, I mean, if Rangers are going to appeal this or if, if the compliance officer will get involved with McKenna. I suspect Morelos will get suspended. I think Rangers might appeal it, but I think it'll be upheld. And I don't think anything will happen to McKenna, but time will tell. Lewis, eh, Stuart there was talking about how, you know, Morelos should, should know better. You know, is this something in his game that he needs to, to improve upon? You know, he needs to start to learn how to take these or take this sort of stick in, in, in challenges. Yes, I know. I mean, Today, McKenna was clearly the aggressor and he, he should have been disciplined for, for his role in the incident. Uh, I, I do think that Morelos has a tendency to, to lash out at even the slightest uh, tackle. But I think today, I don't think you can really blame Morelos because it wasn't just the one-off. McKenna pushed them and then he went back to push them again. And it was a bit of petulance from, from Morelos to actually lash out. But I'm not actually sure that he, he really aimed to kick him it's the kind of way he fell back and he, he lashed out in anger as he was going back backwards. But I think Morelos does need to cut out his game, yes. But today, I don't think you can really blame him. I think McKenna was was at fault. Uh, but the linesman should have sent them both off. I'll be honest with you, I think, I think a booking for both of them, even just a talking to, uh, to, to have one sent off and one to have nothing at all, just didn't didn't seem right to me, I must admit. I, I think a talking to with them. Or both yeah. of them would have been it. I mean, it ruined it ruined the start of the game. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I think it, it's not very often I agree with Andy Walker, but there, there was definitely someone said in the commentary, and I think it was him that uh, sort of killed the game. You know, the game had been bubbling along quite nicely, and then when that happened, obviously Rangers were sort of conceding a bit of ground and sitting in and hoping to hit the counter, and it did. It sort of killed the game a wee bit. Stuart, coming back to you on the penalty, obviously, we, I think it was about 20 minutes in, we got the penalty and uh, Taft scored, but do you think it was a, a, the right decision? Not a great doubt about it. Um, we got lucky, the ball deflected sorry, into the, the six-yard box and uh, Windass was probably fastest to react and um, Dominic Ball pulled him back and Windass went down. It's, it's pretty clear cut, as is the fact that Ball should have been sent off. And that's what I was just about to ask. Should it have been a red card? It's an incredible decision. The, the, the rules are clear. I mean, there's a bit of uncertainty um, about this sort of double punishment type thing whereby uh, nowadays I think referees are, are urged not to give penalties and red cards if there's a genuine attempt to play the ball. However, it says in the rules if there's a tug or a pull and there's no genuine attempt to play the ball, which there wasn't, then it should be a red card for denying a goal, goal scoring opportunity. I think some of the pundits at half-time, Chris Cummins, um, Ranger-friendly, of course. Um, I don't know why <laughs> why, why he was there, but um, he said that there was Aberdeen players in the vicinity, so it wasn't an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. It's absolute nonsense. I mean, the level of punditry is just as bad as officiating. I mean, you mentioned Andy Walker there. and I mean, he, never, he, he, he was praising McKenna for going at Morelos. 
And it's just like, how can you praise one person for kicking out? Sorry, praise one person for barging another, and then to say that the other guy deserves to be sent off? It's ludicrous. And uh, and the, the um, as I say, the, the commentary for for today's game across the media is is appalling. It's really really disconcerting that these people are prepared to put their own hate for Rangers above their own professionalism and, and ability to, to call a, a game fairly. I mean, I'm, I'm a Rangers supporter. I'm biased. I'm happy to admit that. But I, I don't get paid to, to be neutral. These guys are supposed to be neutral and they're incapable of doing it. And it seems to be some of the referees and officials seem incapable as well. Yeah, I, I noticed Michael Stewart had sort of raised his head above the parapet the day in Twitter and Spears as well, both sort of quite smugly, you know, having a pop, so to speak. Uh, but I, I think we've come to expect that, no, Stuart. You know, there's, there's so many of them, you know, Sutton and Andy Walker, Spears, Tom English, uh, Michael Stewart. I mean, the list is, is, is fairly substantial, you know, so I think we're kind of coming to expect that from these people. Lewis, the, the, going back to how Rangers performed today, who were the players that impressed you in the team today? I think going back to my initial comment, uh, I think the midfield was was fantastic. Uh, Jack was man of the match again for me. Uh, it seems like Stephen Gerrard has really taken a shine to the midfielder. Uh, and I think we're starting to see how big a loss he was last year. Uh, he's kind of picked up uh, from where he left off last year and some of his performances uh, in Europe uh, against Ozicek and again today was was phenomenal. Uh, Kula Bali, uh, he looks to be the player that we're missing. I mean, he adds a bit of steel into the middle of the park and we, we've been a soft touch for, for quite some time. And he seems to, he had a, a great game today. And Arfield, uh, Arfield I think he, he brought a lot of experience to the game. Uh, you could see that he's performed at the highest level down south for, I think, five or six years. I think the three, three in midfield didn't put a foot wrong. I think they were absolutely fantastic. I would maybe slightly disagree on what I, I thought Arfield in the first half I thought he gave the ball away quite a lot I, I thought he looked a wee bit off the pace a wee bit but I, I thought he picked it up in the second half he was a, a far better player in the second half but I, I felt a lot of moves going forward broke down with Arfield in the first half I, I agree I thought I thought Ryan Jack was just outstanding today and I, I think before we came on here we were talking about it it's a level of performance we've seen for a long long time in a Rangers jersey he was just all over the park, so fearless in the tackle. Uh, and I, I just loved him, and I, and, and I agree, Koulibaly as well uh, was was absolutely fantastic. I think also Jack loves playing against Aberdeen. You can see it. He, he loves going up against his his ex-teammates, and he really raises his game. Uh, and I thought, just to echo what we've been saying, I thought he was by far man of the match, and it was sad to see him go off. Stuart, coming back to you, I, I, I felt... Uh, I thought Stevie G got maybe got the substitutions wrong today. I, I thought when we, did, when we went down to ten men, he might have went with Big Sadiq, you know, a big physical striker. Maybe went four four one, you know, and go with a big physical striker. He won his free kicks and, and get us up the park. And I also felt when Ryan Jack went off, I, I, I thought maybe McCrory could have came on at that point. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not being overly critical. I just I think we deserve to win the game, and I think we're heading in the right direction under Stevie G. But was there a wee bit of naivety in some of his substitutions today? Yeah, I, I don't think he got... I can understand why he did the, the Jaria one for Jack. I mean, clearly he was trying to keep us playing as far up the park as possible. Um, I mean, we, at that point in the game, we were still call, causing Aberdeen problems and we looked the more likely team to score. 
Um, but I think I'd have probably brought on McCrory instead of Ajaria. Um, I think Ajaria's done well. He's shown up well in flashes. He's got a good touch on the ball. I think his first touch is great at times. Um, he's fairly strong um, and he's obviously quick and mobile and can cover ground. So I think that I can understand why you brought him on. But I don't think he was a like-for-like like sub for, for Jack. Um, uh, so in that case, I would have brought on um, McCrory. Uh, Sadiq, I'm not so, so sure about it. I think it took us actually five or ten minutes just to get to grips with uh, Morelos going off. And um, I don't think we were entirely sure how we were going to approach the game. I think we went, at that point we actually went sort of 4 5 zero. Um, And then after that, I think um, Murphy and Windass, they, they took turns of, of trying to to get forward and, and be the striker. And, and in the second half, we were certainly a bit more of a sort of orthodox 4-4-1, um, if you like. Um, in terms of the, the, the subs later on, again, I think, fair enough, if we bring a Jari on and you and you, you, you take that aspect of, of trying to maintain our, our, our sort of forward momentum, I still think he could have brought McCrory on a wee bit earlier just to, just to shore things up. Because uh, I think we were getting a bit looser in the middle of the part. You could see Windass was was um, was exhausted by that point. I think the lad worked very hard and had a good game. Uh, so yeah, I, I wasn't overly convinced with the subs. I think um, I think if I was going to criticise Gerard today, it would be it would be for bringing a Jari on. I don't think I would have done that. However, I can see why he did it, and um, it's it's early doors, so I'm not going to be too critical. What about yourself, Lewis? Were you? Happy with the substitutions today? Well, I, do admit, I, I agree with Frankie there. Uh, Azaria, I could see what he was trying to do. Uh, he has been impressive in flashes. He has, and he does seem to be a bit more attacking minded than a lot of our other midfielders. But I would have been tempted just to bring on McCrory and try and kind of shore up and just go back with the three points. He was caught between a rock and a hard place. We, we did look more threatening than Aberdeen. We didn't look like conceding, so I can see why he brought him on. But uh, having experienced uh, some of these results over the past few seasons, uh, I think I would have probably went with McCrory and tried to shore up and make sure we got the three points. Right, moving on to the Aussie game through the week there. We managed to get through 1-1 on the night, uh, 2-1 on aggregate. I thought over the two games... Very professional performance and we deserve to go through, although certain parts of the media seem to think that we, we squeeze through, which we'll come on and, and talk about in a, a few moments. Lewis, I'll come to you first on this. What were your thoughts on overall performance over the two legs? I thought it was professional. Uh, I mean, European games are never easy. So to keep a clean sheet uh, away from home and then we controlled the game from start to finish at Ibrox, apart from the last couple of minutes. If it wasn't for some poor decisions in the final third, I think we could have easily won the match two or three. Uh, so it was disappointing not to get a few more goals, but really we were untroubled. Even after they scored, I didn't feel like we were going to concede again. I thought it was a very professional performance considering the standard of opponent that we were actually facing. Yeah, I would agree. Over the two legs, I, I, I thought it was, you know, I think people have used the, the, the phrase Walter-esque. It's, the performance away from home was, was certainly like that. And at home, again, really professional. Like, going back to the middle to front thing, I think I spoke about it last week in the pod. You know, I thought we were wasteful a couple of times, you know, on the break. And we really had the, the opportunity to put the game to bed. And there was maybe a bit of that today against Aberdeen as well, you know, with a couple of opportunities where the decision-making just at times just, just doesn't feel quite right. 
But overall, I, I, I thought we deserved to go through. And, it, and as you say, Lewis, it could have been it could have been by a lot more, in my opinion, as well. Sure, there was a couple of saves by Alan McGregor. There was a, a sort of double save that you know we did have a couple of scares during the game. The, the, the Alan McGregor save, you know, it was, it was sort of from distance and he came out and then had to get up quick and, and save it again. I felt seeing that, that that was going back to where Rangers used to be as, as a club. You know, that, that you know, I, I think with someone like Wes and Goals, it might have been a different outcome. Is that how you seen it? Did you see that as a sign of that this is a different Rangers team this season? I think it's hard to say. I think um, Alan's done very well since he's returned. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I don't think he really put a, a foot wrong. Um, again, today, he played quite well. Didn't really have much of a chance with the goal. Uh, I think he had one save in the first half to make where he clawed away um, quite a dangerous cross. Um, I think the save during the week, I think they were fairly uh, run-of-the-mill ones. I thought he was off his line a wee bit with that one a wee bit f- and, and maybe could have done better, but the, when he, he got up and recovered that he's near post, that was quite a tricky one to make. Um, I think Fodderham did, did okay last year. I think Canick did okay last year. Um, I'd be interested to see both of them behind this defence because I think it's a defence that are um, been the, the main difference so far. I mean, I think uh, Goldson and Katic have both done very well. I actually thought Katic had a fantastic game today. Uh, Flanagan's done well. Tav has done not too bad over the piece. I thought he played better today than he has in the European games for sure. So, But uh, again, I mean, uh, I think all the players uh, that have been interviewed have all said that they're, they're happy that McGregor's back. I think the fans are happy. I think, as I say, the guy's not done anything wrong. Um, he brings that experience. He knows how to win at Rangers. And I think we're all pleased he's back playing at Ibrox. I think that's the goalkeeper's union in you there, Stuart, sticking up for, for, for ways the way you done there. I'm just trying to keep his value above 500,000. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not having a go at ways at all. I just... I just think McGregor's at a different level to him, if you know what I mean. So that's that. That was kind of the the, the point I was trying to make. No, I, th- I think I think it's a very fair point. I, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. Alan's done excellent, and I think he's a really good goalkeeper. I thought he was underrated when he was at Rangers the first time, to be honest, by a lot of people. Um, so I don't have an issue with him uh, being back in the team. As I say, the guy's a winner. Um, he's been there, done it. Wes hasn't, and. I think um, Wes was starting to struggle a wee bit, so I don't have a problem with him being replaced. I just think he's a wee bit, been a wee bit hard done by, and I don't, I, as I say, I think Stevie was a bit harsh in saying that he's only worth 500,000. I guess the market forces dictate how much he's worth. Uh, I, I think Wes Fornham is a good goalkeeper. I think he's good with his um, feet in the ball. I think that's the one problem we've got with McGregor. His distribution is not quite as good. Um, he's been fine, but um, I think Fordham is a bit better. Um, but, as I say, we've been playing a wee bit deeper anyway, uh, probably not through choice today. Um, but no, I, I don't have an issue with, with, with anybody praising McGregor. I think he's an excellent goalkeeper, but I think we're quite lucky because I think Anik's pretty good as well, to be honest. Yeah, Anik isn't bad. He's got a horrible beard though, so you know, we'll, leave, we'll leave that at that. Lewis, I, I don't know how you felt, but the, the Scottish media's reaction to, to, to the European ties on Thursday night you know, Aberdeen were predictably, inverted commas, brave in going out. Uh, Hibs were, you know, majestic and fantastic getting a result away from home. But we squeezed through, according to most commentators, whereas I felt, you know, two very professional performances, as we discussed earlier on, they conceded a, a late, sloppy goal. 
But as you said earlier on, it never ever looked like, you know, Aussie Jet were going to get the equaliser. <laughs> Squeeze through. Do you think that's an accurate reflection of the, the, the two ties? I think the result would suggest so. But I think it's a, na- a naive viewpoint to take. Uh, looking at the result alone, you could you could come to that conclusion. I can see why the media have went with that conclusion. Uh, but you only have to look at the actual how the game's panned out. We went away from home. We won one nil. We shut up shop. As I, I think it was said earlier, it was very Walter-esque. Did the job very professional. Came back to Ibrox and from start to finish, we controlled the game. And if we had bit more uh, I think we we're a bit more clinical up front we, we could have easily won the game two or three uh, I think it's been harsh on us saying we squeezed through and I also think it was harsh reading some of the player ratings the next day I think that the highest some of the Rangers players got was uh, an eight I think that was Jack but if you looked at the Hibs ratings across some of the papers uh, they were a few of them got nines uh, and their result was was I'd say not as good as the Rangers result so yeah, I think it's harsh to say we squeeze through. I think uh, it's, a, it's a bit naive to say that, uh, and that either looking at the result alone. If you actually look at the performance, I think we we did really well. And I mean, Europe's always tough, so to get through is a, is good. I would agree. I, I, I found it odd uh, that, that that was the sort of position taken by a lot of the, the sort of commentators that we sort of squeeze through. Maybe we're starting to some off a wee bit. Let's not forget we squeezed through all the way to the UEFA Cup final once, so yeah, it takes me through yeah. as opposed to getting pumped out. Yeah, well, it's, again, I agree. You know, at the end of the day, it's a, if you get the job done, that's all that matters. But it was just the sort of the following day in the papers, I was seeing all this very brave Aberdeen, Hibs, oh, fantastic result, Rangers. Uh, they just they just just got through no more, and I th- I just thought. I don't know if I agree with that. I think it was two very professional performances. I thought it showed that, as I said earlier on, that this is a different Rangers team. We're going to be harder to break down and we're a different proposition. But apparently a few people in the media wouldn't agree with that. This was a this was a team who, who beat Hadjik split 4-1 the weekend before the game. Uh, I don't think that was reported in the media as much as it, it could have been because this team that, that team were no mugs. Uh, they were a very good side. And we could actually argue that they, they may be better than Maribor. So I think we did really well. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I absolutely agree. Sure, the the, the, the Ozzyjet manager, uh, Zoran Zekic, I believe his name is, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, he, he seemed to have a bit of a problem with, with Rangers over the last two games. What was all that about? I think he's just taking the opportunity to, to hog the headlines and get a bit of attention. Um, I don't think um, I don't think we'll hear much of him again. To be honest, uh, he might have something to say if we're if, if we're in for his life back right enough. But I think he's just he's, he's taking the chance to try and uh, play a bit of mind games. And I think uh, Stevie Gerrard and most of our players are, are far too experienced and far too savvy themselves to to fall for that. Um, best ignored. I think um, is an irrelevance. Middle finger to the supporters, though. Really, I mean, when I saw that, I just thought, and his his choice of costume as well. You know, a white t-shirt with a suit. It it should be shot for that alone. I can't disagree. It's sort of, <laughs> it, it looked like sort of David Brent um, <laughs> turning up to a, a works night out um, on, on the sideline there. So maybe that's why he was he's, he's given the fan. Maybe we were giving him a bit of treatment as well. But it's uh, as I say, best ignored. Uh, 
but we're moving on and uh, let's just leave yeah, it behind. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's uh, move on. We've got Maribor at Ibrox on Thursday. The St. Martin game is now not back to the Sunday because of that, which I'm delighted about because it's my daughter's birthday on Saturday and I wasn't going to be able to make the, the St. Martin game, but now, now, now I'm back on. So I'll be there on Sunday. Obviously, we've got we've got history with Maribor. You know, they, they, they knocked us out in 2011. How are you feeling about this one? You feeling confident? You think we could get through this this tie? I think Maribor will be a step up from Ozacek in the fact that they have a bit more European experience. I think they've been in the Champions League for throughout the last four years. I, could, I think that may be correct. Uh, they have a bit more of a European pedigree and they have been over the course more than those a check. So I think it'll, it'll provide a, a bit more of a challenge. If we play as well as we have over the last few games, I think we'll, we'll, we'll have enough to get through. It'll be interesting to see who we get in the draw for the playoff. So, but yeah, I think uh, I think we'll have just enough to get through Maribor. Sure, how are you feeling? Do you think we're, we've got enough to get through this tie? Yeah, I think so. I think, um, I think Lewis is right. I think Maribor... Um, in terms of overall quality, I don't think they might. I don't think they'll be any better than what Ozyek were. Um, I just think that extra bit of experience means they may be a bit more dangerous. They be a, they might be a bit more clever themselves. For example, I think um, in the away game um, over there, obviously that's the second leg, so it'll be dependent on on Thursday's result at Ibrox. But I think I don't think they'll be pressing us as much. They might let us come out and then take advantage of any any space we leave in behind. Um, the same will probably happen on Thursday to be honest um, it'll be interesting that dynamic is a bit different from the Ozzyjet game and the fact that we're at home first so um, it'll, it'll be interesting to, to see how, how um, direct we are um, if, if we try and take the game to them or whether we try and uh, just uh, be cautious and, and take the chances as, as they come uh, a bit more pressure on us uh, in front of what I'm sure it'll be another sellout crowd Um but no, yeah, I, I think we've got to to, to be considered uh, certainly the favourites on Thursday. And if we can take a, a good result away um, to Slovenia, then there's no reason why we can't go through. It's starting to feel like a European run. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I know it, w- it wouldn't have been difficult to beat last year's run, just you know, getting put out early doors by progress. But yeah, I, I, I just feel this team, unlike previous Rangers teams in the last three, four years, I think this team's learning. You know, we, we seem to be taking on board what's happening in games and already I, I, I think we can get through Maribor and then it's you know it's a playoff game and who knows we could be in the group stage Sure I'll come to you it's the first home game of the season obviously last season we dropped far too many points at Ibrox you know I, I think it's like seven or eight games we lost there or something like that a, a horrific amount of points dropped to Ibrox how is it? How important is it that we that we turn that around? That we start to make Ibrox a bit of fortress again? Well, I think it's vital, um, especially after uh, drawing today. I mean, I have to say, I think I don't think a draw is a, a bad result, but you're we're already uh, two points behind Celtic. Um, more than likely, uh, five if they beat, take care of Hearts. Um, I, I don't know if they play on on the, the Saturday or the Sunday right enough. Um, I think they play on the Sunday. Do they play on the Sunday as well? Sure it's a Sunday. 
Right, okay, well, uh, all the more reason for us just to, to, to go and win the game um, at Ibrox. I mean, I think St Mirren, they, they won at the weekend. They've, they've been doing quite well the last year. Obviously, they've lost their manager and one or two players, but I, I, we should be beating St Mirren at home. Um, it's going to be interesting. I thought we might be without Morelos. Um, so I think we'll have to get Sadiq playing and try and get him fit. I don't know if that means he starts on Thursday against Maribor or or at least plays the last half an hour again as he did against Aussie Jet. But we, need, we really need to get him him uh, playing and we really need to, to make sure we take any chances. I think uh, I, I think we'll win. Um, uh, I think we've got too much for, for St Mirren. I think we've got a, a big enough squad, um, probably strikers not with standing maybe, to um, to cause them too many problems um, at Ibrox. So it's, it's imperative we get the three points though. Lewis, how are you feeling about Sunday, do you think? I mean, obviously, Stuart pointed out there that we're, we're already two points off the pace. Obviously, I think that's a bit harsh to put it like that because I thought we were really, really unlucky today. But, you know, if we don't pick up points against St Myrna on Saturday and then we go to Celtic Park in early September, we could already be looking at a situation where we're maybe five, six points behind. So how do you feel about it? Is it a must-win game already for Rangers? Yeah, I think it's imperative that we win. Uh I think Alan Stubbs will have his team fired up for the occasion, uh, more so because he's the ex-Hibs manager, ex-Celtic player, and Stephen Gerrard's the manager. I think St Mirren will give us a really tough game uh, and they'll come out of the traps fighting. Uh, I think we, we, we have to win. We really could be doing with a bit of a morale boost and a few goals because from middle to front, we still seem to be short at the moment. Uh, but I have to agree with Frankie, it's a, a must win and we really need the points on the board, especially with uh, Celtic Park looming. Yeah, I would agree. I, I mean, I think we, we we sort of touched on this a wee bit in last week's pod, sort of saying, you know, if, uh, going to Pataudry in the first day and then Celtic Park on match day three, you know, if things didn't go to plan, you could find yourself already having to sort of catch up a wee bit of ground. As disappointing as today was, I'm I'm not overly concerned about it because I'm seeing enough in this Rangers team to make me think that we are going to challenge this year. We are going to be a different a different side, and you know teams aren't going to find it as easy against us. So I'm a wee bit more confident, but I agree we need to win. Need to win on on Sunday. Move on, guys. Have a wee look at the sort of ins and outs that are maybe still to happen. There's been various rumours here and there. I saw something today when I was I was online, Greg. Docherty has been tipped for a move to Shrewsbury now. I had him down to talk about it in the pod last week, but we ran out of time. Lewis, how do, how do you feel about that? I mean, I mean, Stephen Clifford was on the pod a couple of weeks ago saying that Docherty has been assured that he, he has a long-term future at Rangers, but I, I feel slightly disappointed for the boy. That said, I'd, I'd struggle to see where he would fit in that team today, you know, with, with Ryan Jack's performance and Koulibaly, I, I really do think he, he's struggling to get in the team at the moment. How do you feel about Greg Dockery moving on? First, I feel I feel really sorry for the lads because I had high hopes for them for him at the end of last season. Uh, he had a, a, a great start to the campaign with Hamilton. Uh, a lot of the, the Rangers fans were excited when we signed him. Uh, and, he, and he made a, a good start to his Rangers career. But he seems to have kind of found himself on the, the, the outskirts of the midfield. And at the moment, our midfield picks itself. Even the bench picks itself. Uh, so I, I feel sorry for Dockery. And I, I do believe him going out on loan would be the best for his development. That said, I'm unsure about Shrewsbury. I, I don't know about the level 
of League One and the pressure that comes with it. Uh, we dismantled Wigan quite easily uh, and they're a championship side. We we beat Bury with relative ease. Uh, I think it might have been better if he went to another uh, Scottish Premiership team and actually played games that he'd be playing as a Rangers player. But that may be me being a bit more, uh, uh, not as much knowledge of the English game uh, because... I just don't know if League One is is really the standard you want to be playing at. I think the Scottish Premiership is better than League One. It'd be good if you could actually go to a Championship side. But that said, a lot of the Championship teams get Premiership players on loan, so maybe I'm a, maybe I'm living in fantasy land there. I think best for his development is to go out on loan. It's just a shame uh, what's happened to him because I had high hopes for him to to be a, a Rangers player this season. It's an interesting point, actually. Something I never considered that moving to another SPL club or SPFL club, sorry, uh, would maybe be better for his development because obviously we could ensure that he doesn't play against us. Uh, and, I, and I'm with you. I feel sorry for the lad. I had high hopes when he signed. I, I really liked to look at him. I've said before, I th- thought his distribution looked to be a bit ropey at times, but his anticipation and reading of the game, I thought, was was really, really good. Sure, we'll come back to the Lafferty thing as uh, exclusively revealed on this podcast about six weeks ago. Uh, now, that there's still rumblings on. I heard today from the same source uh, that Lafferty has effectively said to Craig Levine and, and Ann Budge to get the deal done and that he's hanging about uh, waiting on that happening. So all the noises I'm hearing are this should happen. Would you be happy with that? Would you welcome Lafferty back? Mm, I wasn't convinced six weeks ago when you first told me, Colin, and I'm still not convinced now, I'm afraid. Um, I think Lafferty is pretty ordinary. Um, his, his career's not been as good as what it possibly should have been. I think I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's good at running the channels. I think his finishing can be excellent. And it can prove a handful for, him, for any defences, to be honest. Um, and it, obviously, for Hearts last season, he did the business against Celtic. And you'd like to think if we signed him, we could do it again. I'm, I'm just not sure he's the type of player that we need. I just don't think he's a level that we need. And to be honest, I was hoping for a, a, a level, or to use Gerard's phrase, a class above uh, Kyle Lafferty. Um, Unfortunately, obviously, we've had issues with uh, the kit deal in the last couple of weeks, so maybe the budget's changed somewhat. Um, I'm not sure if the English squads, um, I think the deadline for them is, is um, later this week. I don't know if that's going to provide any any um, opportunities for us at that point, but I think with, with what's happened with Morelos today, I mean, there's no doubt he's going to be out for, for one game. I don't know if it's if it might be two for violent conduct, especially if he appeals it and fails. And that shows you how short we are um, in terms of strikers. We've only got Sadiq and Zap Ridden. Um, so I think we need somebody else in. And I'm not convinced Kyle Lafferty is the guy I would I would prefer, to be honest. What about you, Lewis Lafferty? Is, is, is he not for you? Uh, I kind of disagree, actually. Uh, I think it goes far to say as the signing's a bit of a no-brainer. Uh, I think Lafferty... 2018 is uh, by far better player than the Lafferty that left us in 2012. Uh, I know his career hasn't been the best, but he showed last year he has enough to succeed in the Scottish League. Uh, he scored more goals against Celtic than we scored in the whole the whole season. Uh, I think for less than £500,000, uh, I think he's a no-brainer of a signing. 
with that said, I do think we, we do need a bit of class up front. I'm still hoping that we, we get uh, a big loan from the EPL when their window shuts. I still hope for Solanke, but maybe, again, that's a bit of a pipe dream. But for for less than £500,000, I think Lafferty is a no-brainer. Uh, he loves Rangers, and I think he'll, he'll try hard to ensure that, that that we are back where we belong. You know what? You know what? I, I, I would probably lean more towards what you're saying there, Lewis. I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I mean, Lafferty has underachieved in his career. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But as you've pointed out, Lewis, he loves Rangers. And you know what else he does? And it's something that we've missed in a long time. He hates Celtic. Hates them. And I think Celtic have shown over the last two, three years when they've played against us that they hold us in the in the, in the the highest of contempt. You know, they absolutely despise us. And I don't think we've had the characters to match that. I think with McGregor, we've got someone that can add that to the dressing room. And I think Lafferty would add to that as well. So sometimes I think it's it's maybe even not what they're offering you on the park. You're getting something off the park from them as well. And I think Lafferty could offer that. Moving on to the, the reports today for Barisic from uh, Ozanjic. What do you guys think? Sure, I'll come to you first. What did you make him over the two games? you think that would be a good move? I'm a wee bit puzzled because apparently he's a left back. And I've got to be honest with you, I don't think we need a left back. Well, hardly we don't. I mean, I think um, Flanagan's done the business so far. I think I've been pretty impressed with him actually. Obviously, when being right-footed, the balance isn't always there. Um, but it was from his uh, uh, birth forward today that we that we won the penalty. I think his overall play is pretty good. Uh, obviously, we've still got Lee Wallace and Declan John as well. I mean, I think Wallace has pro- probably played his last game for the club. Um, I think there's too much water under the bridge over the last six months. And I think he's... Um, various injuries and fallouts with with management means it's more likely he's going to be moved on if we can get a decent fee for him. Um, it might well be a make weight in the Lafferty deal, of course. Um, we've got Declan John at left back as well, and I think John was was inconsistent last year, like most of the team. I think in some games he looked pretty good, and others he was he was less so. Um, I don't think he stops enough crosses coming into the box for one thing, and I think his some teams see him as, see him as a weak link in that regard. So you could say we, we, we could do with a, a proper out-and-out left-back. Um, I guess it depends on the formation that Gerard wants to play. Um, the, the fact he was wanting to sign another centre-half suggested to me that he maybe wanted to go through the back. In that case, he could sign Barisic, who is obviously a left-back, but that means he could play Flanagan in at the left, as left centre-half, and I think he could play that role quite well. Generally, he tucks in when he's playing at left uh, left back so far, and he's he's been doing particularly well um, at defensive set pieces and crosses. He tucks in quite well and covers in at the back, so he, I think he could do that um, as a left side to set half, and that would leave space for Barisic to play. Um, other options is obviously you could put Flanagan to right back, and you could push Tav maybe further forward. Um, so there are options there if we do sign him. I, I guess it just comes down to budget. I mean, the guy looked like a decent player. Um, he was good at getting forward, but he actually worked hard defensively as well. He was just he was very mobile. He actually reminded me a bit of Sasa Papach in terms of he seemed quite selfless in, in his work rate and professional and certainly a team player. Um, he, he got forward better than what Papach ever did. Um, and obviously, his crossing was pretty effective. So, yeah, I can see why we're interested, but I think it, we really need to be able to move one or two players on first before we um, 
before we look to bring him in, especially if he's going to cost up to, to £2 million. Lewis, well, so how do you feel? Do you think it'd be a good move or is a, is a left-back not what we're needing at the moment? Well, I think, first and foremost, he was a standout performer against us over the two legs. But I'd have to agree with Frankie. I'm not sure that the left-back is our as a priority at the moment. I'd rather see the money spent maybe in the, the final third, uh, maybe another striker, even for a loan fee for, for a top-class striker to be to be brought in. But that said, if you can pick him up at a reasonable fee, I thought he looked out it would be a really good addition to the team. Right, moving on to the final topic of the week. As per, it's the Sevco of the week when we have a wee look at what the... Uh, the Celtic fans and various other people out there are saying about us. I've got a couple, uh, a couple of crackers, and I believe you guys can lead us in as well with something else. I'll start off. I, I, was, I was online last night doing a wee bit here and there, and I saw a link. I should have known better. I shouldn't have looked. Uh, and he Graham Spears Saturday column in the sun uh, in the in the time. Sorry. Now see if you can spot the trend. Right. So Graham Spears is saying his predictions for the season. Celtic to win a mere double. Uh, Aberdeen to beat Rangers today. Tony Watt to be a, sen- a sensation at St. Johnson. Neil Lennon will take Hibs to Hamden. Kenny Miller will be shite as a manager. And Kyle Lafferty is not the answer for Rangers. Now, does it just mean it's spotting a trend there that everyone around Celtic seems quite positive and everyone around us seems quite negative? Is it just me? That's good for you. He's, he's, <laughs> he's your, your pub bore, the guy that is in the pub and nobody wants to talk to, and he's standing at the bar and going about this beer and that beer, and this is in the football, and he just no, he doesn't know the game at all. Nobody likes him, and nobody wants to talk to him, and that's why he's trolling nowadays because it's the only thing he can do to try and get attention. I don't think he even believes the things he writes. To be honest, I think you're right. I think he does it just for attention. I mean, he's been doing it for long enough. That has actually crossed my mind as well, Lewis. I think this guy's just making it up as he goes now. Anything to get. You know who's becoming a bit like that as well on his radio show in the morning? It's Jim White. Just typing out absolute nonsense on Twitter just to get a reaction. And I think that's where that's where Spears is going with this as well. I've got one more as well. Uh, I don't know. Chris Sutton was putting something out on Twitter the other day. There his predictions for the season about where teams would finish. Obviously, he's went for Celtic top. Pretty sure he put Rangers second. And a guy called Michael McCahill, who is at Mick McCahill on Twitter, uh, predicted Rangers would finish eighth <laughs> this season. So there we are. But apparently it's because we're in financial turmoil that we will finish eighth. And all the players that we've signed and the fact that we're looking better at the back and all the rest of it, doesn't matter. We're going to finish eighth, guys. Poor season. Anyone? <laughs> Sorry, I, w- I wasn't listening. I was trying to find the guy on Twitter the other day. Uh, 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 <laughs> Mick McCahill? Aye. <laughs> I'll forward it on to you, thank you. Thanks, mate. Right, Stuart, I believe you've got one as well. I do indeed. Unfortunately, I can't find the guy's um, Twitter handle, but there was a fella during the week that was going about the, um, obviously, the, the trouble on Thursday night. It was, it was a bit of a shame before the before the game um, against the Croats, but he, he he was tagging in UEFA and also decided to tag in Donald Trump and ask what was happening and why there was UEFA wanting to take any action against Rangers fans. And, uh, it was a Masonic conspiracy and Donald Trump should be involved in taking care of it. It's just utterly bizarre. And I, I, I was going to say, I'd quite like to be and I find the wall with these guys at some point to see what, what they're thinking. Oh, I don't know. Is, I, think, oh, I think it'd be bad. I think it'd be a padded wall. Yeah, I think it, I think it'd be one of these things. Once seen, you couldn't unsee it. 
you know, it would just mentally scare you for the rest of your days. So no, I, I think they're best just left to their own wee world, if I'm being honest with you. But Donald Trump and uh, Scottish football, who'd have thought it? Eh? Anyway, Lewis, what about yourself? Have you got anything? I've not really got a Sevco of the week, but I, I was disappointed to see the uh, abuse that Nacho Novo suffered uh, upon landing in uh, Belfast Airport. I don't think any human being should be subjected to that form of abuse, uh, considering the man has suffered a, a heart attack recently to actually sing uh, I Hope You Die in Your Sleep, Nacho Novo. Uh, I think that was, was completely vile. Well, I think it's vile at any stage, to be honest with you, but as you pointed out, the guy was seriously ill not long ago you know and to, to, to come away with that part I seen it last night you know and I always sort of I saw a comment from Ewan Murray saying you know because someone said if this was Neil Lennon you know there would have been a, a, a bigger sort of furore about it and he came back saying oh the two are only the same thing Lennon's a bigger a bigger name a bigger character and I just kind of thought well, what's, that, what's that going to do with anything you know if you're wishing ill on someone you're wishing ill on someone and that's it uh, but to be fair, to be natural, I saw the footage of him outside the airport. He, he gave him it back, to be fair. So, I fair play to him. Right, that's all we've got time for in this week's Jersnet podcast. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed it, please, by all means, get the word out there on all the social medias. That's all of them. Facebook, Twitter, whatever whatever you can share it on. Word of mouth. When you're going for a cup of tea, you're what say to someone, I listen to the Jersnet podcast. And it is fantastic. Get the word out there. Uh, big thanks to Stuart and to Lewis for joining in. Impressive debut from Lewis there. Big thanks to our audio engineer, Graham. Um, he's got a lot, to, <laughs> a lot to fix this week. But thanks to him for, for getting everything A-OK. A wee nod to our friends over at We Welcome the Chase podcast. Get on to them, listen to them. Excellent stuff coming out from them. Stuart, I'll bring you in now. Any idea about the, the, the show for next week? Well, I think if Ross can make it back from wherever he is um, in Timbuktu or wherever doesn't supply internet, wherever he's living nowadays, then he'll be hosting. Because I think everybody's getting fed up of you, Colin. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I put on this on a weekly basis. I really don't. Absolutely. Um, well, I know so I'm sure at least, at least I'm dependable. You know what I mean? He's like Jordan Rossiter. You know, every eight to ten days, you know, oh, he's coming back, he's coming back, and then he bails out at the last minute. You know what I mean? Uh, that's, that's the internet. That's, that's fair enough. Um, but I think we're also going to have another debutant. I think um, Alistair McKillop might be on you. A few guys will know him from uh, social media, and he was involved with ah, the Rangers band of that. I, he's I a pretty you, dodgy guy as well, to be honest with you, you know. He can be, but he speaks quite <laughs> well. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll have him on if he's free next weekend, and then it'll be a choosing between Pete and, uh, and David Fraser. I'm sure Pete will be trying to... Uh, sabotage David's internet as we speak <laughs> um, but so yeah, Jordan Ross are Alan Mc Alistair McKillop and Pete is that what it's looking well, like that's what it's looking like for now that's what it's week. looking like we'll, we'll look forward to that that'll be excellent so that'll be after the St Mun game next Sunday in the meantime get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk lots of great chat lots of great people on there lots of great uh, articles and stuff as well until the next time I'm on I'll see you then